Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to the Fully Submitted with Brother Mike podcast featuring your host, me, Brother Mike Dillard. How y'all doing today? Man, I'm up early. I'm up early. The Holy Ghost had me up early, worshiping on my face, worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. Yes, yes. And, 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 and uh, man, we just going to get right into it, okay? And this is just a plain old title. This is your compromise. Your compromise is hurting you more than you know. That's what we're going to call this one. Your compromise is hurting you more than you realize. That's what it is. Your compromise is hurting you more than you realize. So at 5.32 in the morning, we're going to kick this thing off because y'all know wherever it comes up, that's where I'm putting it down. Wherever I get it, that's where I spit it. So let's hit it. You have to forgive because these allergies are acting up. They are acting up and my nose is rather congested. So I probably don't sound my usual smooth and suave uh, <laughs> self, I probably don't, but it's all good. Okay, so we're going to get into this right now then. All right, so the scriptures for today, the two scriptures, which are very similar in nature, uh, Galatians 5, 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven ferments the whole lump? Okay, so those are the scriptures for today's message. Okay, and again, this is for mature Christians. The Lord has me on here saying these things to mature Christians, right? And it's twofold. Mature Christians that really are mature Christians, because even the elect might be, even the elect will be de uh, deceived, the Bible says, right? But then also to mature Christians, and these are the Christians that believe themselves to be mature, but they really are not mature. Okay? They really are not. These are people that have been going to church for Many, many years, a long time, you know, they may have grown up in a Christian household. You know, some people have the tendency, even in this day and age, to believe that just because they grew up in a household and the parents were Christian, then that makes them automatically a Christian. In other words, it's like, well, you know, my parents were Christians. That means I'm a Christian. But unfortunately, that is not the way it works, right? We've all heard the phrase that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's cliche, but it's true, right? Christianity is about an individual's personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who is God. Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Right. And this is why it, it does no good to compare ourselves to anybody else and say, well, they're doing this and they're doing that or they're not doing this. You know why? Because. God is the God of individual accountability, okay? 
whatever somebody else, God is never going to hold you guilty for what somebody else did. He's going to hold you guilty for what you did or did not do. Okay. The Lord is a God of personal accountability. The person next to you could be sending it up, sending it up and doing all types of stuff. And you looking at them like, God, are you serious? You see what this person is doing? And he's looking at you like, um, are you serious right now? <laughs> Do you see what you're doing? Being critical and judging these people? Like, who are you to judge them? Right? <laughs> as soon as we point the finger at somebody else, the finger is pointed right back at us. That's why in the Bible, that's why uh, in uh, Isaiah 58, it talks about doing away with the pointing finger. Right? Doing away with the pointing fingers. Stop pointing fingers, right? Hey, I, I tell you, I mean, that's something I work on, right? It may not come out my mouth, but I hear it on the inside. And I'd be like, oh, Jesus, please, God, please get it out of me. Get that out of me, please. I don't want that in me. You know, I don't want to be a critical, judgmental person. I, I don't want that in me, right? A sister told me recently, I mean, she knows she has a a discerning gift. And she is like, Mike, you do criticize a lot. I'm like, I'm trying not to. <laughs> she can see it when it comes up, right? It don't come out my mouth, but she can see it. She has that gift, right? But I'm like, I'm really trying not to. I'll be praying to the Lord about that thing. But anyway, 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 right? So listen, listen, right? Your compromise is hurting you more than you realize, right? All it takes is a little bit, a little bit of leaving to leaveneth the whole lump. There's a lot of L's. There's that alliteration going on. A little bit of leaving, leaveneth the whole lump. That's what it says. Right? It doesn't take a lot to ruin the whole thing. It just doesn't. Right? A good friend and sister of mine, she she always says, like, you know, would you would you drink a cup of water? And I'm horrible at paraphrasing people. She, when she hears this, she's probably gonna laugh and be like, you are horrible at paraphrasing people. <laughs> Don't try and quote people. But basically, it's you wouldn't drink a cup of water if you knew there was a drop of pee in it, would you? Or drop of urine, because I recognize that some countries listening, maybe you don't say pee, but you, you know what urine is, right? You wouldn't drink a cup of water if you knew there was a little, just a drop, pink, just a pink, little drop of pee, little drop of urine in it. Now, some of you wise guys would say, well, I'd drink it if I was thirsty enough. Come on now, we ain't talking about... You know, you was in the Sahara Desert and you were so tired. Of no, everyday life, wise guy, everyday life, funny guy, right? Would you drink a cup of water that somebody put a drop of their pee in it? If you knew. We all know the answer is no, you're not going to do that. Why? Because that's disgusting. It's ruined. You ruined it. You ruined it. Now. We all know I'm the man of a billion backstories. So here's, you know, kind of a partial backstory. I despise, loathe, and detest mayonnaise. 
with every bit of my fiber. Now, I'll eat it if it's, well, I'm vegan now, so I won't be eating tuna fish because I don't eat that anymore. But I loathe mayonnaise. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It is just the most disgusting thing on the planet to me. So much so that, you know, when I was eating meat, if I would order a, a hamburger or something, you know, I would always say, well, many times I would say, no mayonnaise, please. Or, hey, this doesn't come with mayonnaise, does it? And they say, no, 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 it doesn't come with mayonnaise. Okay, because I don't want no mayonnaise on it. Okay, okay. But it seemed like the times when I would just assume, you know, this fast food restaurant or wherever, I would just assume, well, they're not going to put mayonnaise. They don't put mayonnaise on their burgers, right? I'm not going to say anything. I would order it. And then... I would take a bite and it's like, what, what is that? Oh my God, what is that? Oh no. You take the bread off. It's mayonnaise. No. Right? I get the napkins and I just, I'm furiously rubbing the bread because I don't want to throw the bread in the garbage. I mean, I paid money for the sandwich. I don't want to throw it in the garbage, even though I'm thoroughly disgusted. I would just take my napkins and I would just run them back and, back and forth across the bread. And the people that would be watching me do this, they would be disgusted. They would be like, Mike, man, just, dude, just eat it already. You know, like, <laughs> look, just because you okay with mayonnaise don't mean I'm okay with mayonnaise. I don't want any mayonnaise. I don't want to feel the bread and how soft it is now and how moist it is now because I'm going to be thinking that that was disgusting mayonnaise. That bread should be nice and toasty. But no, it's, it's wet and it's soft and it's mushy. Why? Because they put some disgusting mayonnaise on there and now I can't get it out of my mind, right? And that's the same way that you would be also. And I would be. If somebody gave us some water and they're like, oh, hold on a second, you know? <laughs> and they did their, did their little thing and dropped a little bit of pee in the water and be like, here you go. What? drinking that are you out of your mind i'm not gonna drink that get that junk out of my face right you would be the same way and that's how the lord is so you know for many years for many years i'm just gonna say it for many years i i had a pornography i was in pornography right when i was a child after my dad died my mom had a box well it was my dad's box it was a box of pornography magazines I hadn't planned on talking about this, but here we go. As we know, I'm the man of a million backstories. I'm also Mr. Transparency, so it is what it is. The Lord has delivered me, so it is what it is, right? But what had happened was me and my brother and my best friend, we were playing like hide and seek in the house. I didn't know what was in. I went and hid in the closet. I didn't know what was in the closet. While I was hiding in the closet, something occurred to me to look. Like kind of like look up. And, and I kind of looked because there was a little bit of light in the closet. And I think I was reaching for something like trying to move and get a space in the closet. And then I felt a box and I was like, hey, what is this box? It was it was hidden. Like, see, if I wasn't trying to hide in there, you know, my hand wouldn't have been like, kind of foraging in the back to, you know, trying to make room. I never would have noticed the box, but my hand touched it. And I was like, man, what is this box? You know? And I turned the light on in the closet and I opened up the box. I pulled it out and I opened it up 
And it was pornography magazines. Back then, we just called we call them girly mags. And I was like, whoa. I think I was 13 years old. Whoa. Look at this. You know, and I opened a closet and I told my brother and I told my friends like, look at this. Look at this. You know, it's girly mags. And we were looking at, you know, we were looking at the girly mags. You know, that's what we Teenage boys, we're looking at Mac. That's what we were doing, right? Those magazines should not have been there, quite honestly. They shouldn't have been there. But I think that my mother, those are the books that uh, my dad had when he was in the war, right? So I think when he was in Vietnam, you know, those were like the girly mags that the army guys was looking at, right? And she hadn't thrown out any of his clothings or his belongings or any of that stuff, so... It was in there. Now, I know now what was going on. It was a spirit that that spirit told me is like something's here. Right. It led me to that. And, uh, you know, everyone is different with their vices. I really hadn't planned on talking about. But this is important. This is too. This is important. And that's why it's coming out. It needs to be told so y'all can get free. I don't plan on going over 30 minutes, but we'll see what happens. OK, anyway. So. Some people have issues with drugs or alcohol or spending or whatever. Mine, for the longest time, <clears throat> excuse me, it was pornography, right? Other things didn't bother me. Oh, drugs, alcohol, it's like, psh, whatever, whatever. That didn't bother me. But my weakness was, not is, <laughs> my weakness was pornography. Okay, that's what my weakness was. And I didn't know that when I looked at those books that I like was going to be hooked like a junkie. I had no idea. But see, the devil did. There was other factors that was going on in my life. There was a void that needed to be filled. My father was just murdered. Right. And, and I felt like I was an ugly child and girls didn't like me and all types of stuff. So what did I do? Right. I gravitated to that. I was looking at that. I looked at that for years. I looked at that stuff for decades. I fasted. I prayed. I, I tried. I did this. I did. You know, I, I really tried. I struggled for many years, many years. Right. And. Uh, you know, I went to different uh, types of uh, like groups, you know, to help me uncover things that were hidden in my heart. Now, all of this time, I'm a Christian. Right. I'm praying. I'm fasting. But that leaven was in my life. And I remember I used to pray and be like, Lord, if I if I could just get rid of this thing, I would be good. Like, I just if I could just get rid of this, like my life is good. It's just this thing. But that thing was costing me so much. It, it cost me in my relationships, in my marriage. It cost me in my relationships with my children. I mean, it it cost me on my job. It it was an all consuming thing. Right. I hated it, but I was doing it. And I hated it, but I was doing it, right? But that sin, and that's why I say I used to be terrified. I was terrified because why? If I died in that unrepentant sin, I was going to go to hell. That was that. I knew that. It wasn't that I got a hall pass. I didn't have grace. There was, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there was grace each day. God didn't destroy me each time I looked at the pornography. He didn't destroy me. There was grace, but um, I, I understood quite clearly 
If I died in that sin, I was going to hell. That was it. So why am I sharing this? Why is the Holy Spirit sharing this? Because the Lord is coming soon. He is coming for a church without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. And I remember being in that, that particular type of uh, toxic groove and thinking like, you know, the Lord understands and I'm trying. He understands, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. But you know what? I remember one. I remember what started happening was the Lord started changing my heart. And at some point I realized that I didn't have to do it anymore. For the longest, I felt like I had to do it. But then at some point I realized, huh, I, oh, I, I don't have to do this anymore. You know, through the Holy Spirit working in my heart and all of the, the interior work that I had been doing on, on my emotions and how my heart was hurt and things like that, it got to a point to where I got free, but I was still doing it, right? And, and I remember one time I did it and I heard clear as day, I heard, I heard the Lord tell me, knock it off. And I felt the, 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 the intensity of the words that were spoken to me. It felt very angry. <laughs> it felt very impatient. And like he was, he was running out of patience with me. It was like, you know, on the one hand, there's grace, right? Oh, you was all bound up in this and that. Okay. It was still sin, but there was grace. But then once he let me know, Mike, you're free from that. You don't have to do that anymore. You know, for me to continue doing that, the grace was quickly running out. He let me know, knock it off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, Lord, done. And that was that was just done, right? So again, my point is that the Lord is coming soon, right? And, and whether your vice is pornography like mine used to be, or whether it's drugs, or whether it's women, or whether it's spending, or whether you're walking in anger, or whether you're walking in homosexuality, I want to tell you and I want to encourage you, right? Sin is sin. It is sin, right? Some people would say, oh, you're a homosexual, you're not. Hey, hey, it's sin. It's unrepentant sin. Just like somebody is a whoremonger. They're going out and they're getting prostitutes all the time. Guess what? That is unrepentant sin. Or somebody is going out and they're drinking the excess and they're getting drunk all the time. That is unrepentant sin. Somebody is smoking weed, they're popping pills, they're doing drugs. That is unrepentant sin. What you know, everything else in your life might be fine, but that thing there, that thing, that one thing, a little leaving, leaveneth the whole lump. It is time to get rid of the compromise. It's time to get rid of the compromise, right? Because Jesus is coming soon. The Holy Spirit will help you just like he helped me. I did that for 30 years, 30 years. There, I said it. Now, hopefully this talk is going to free some of you. Some of y'all might be looking at me like, Oh, I ain't know that about Brother Mike. We thought he was squeaky clean. Hey, it is what it is, man. Everybody got a past. I thank God I'm not the person I used to be. Thank God that he did deliver me because I remember crying. And for those of you, whatever your sin is, that particular thing, that if you're honest and you care about the Lord, if you're honest and you care about your walk with the Lord, then you, there is no way that you are not crying out every single day. 
Even while you're doing that particular habit, even while you're acting out that particular habit, that particular vice, you are crying out. I remember crying out to the Lord and sometimes literally crying like, God, please, please help me. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to die and be an old man and be some type of a pervert. God, please. I'd be crying. You know, I'm walking around every day and people are like, hey, guy, hey, Mike. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. But they didn't know I was dying on the inside. I was crying on the inside. Jesus, please, God, please. I was horrified. See, when you know the word, it's not like you can just forget the word. You read the word of God. It's inside of you. It's convicting you. And you have the Holy Spirit and you have a conscience. You know, just like I knew, man, I got to stop this. I, I got to stop this. But how can I stop? How can I stop? I'm trying to stop. And then on the one hand, it's like, I'm trying to stop, but this thing is giving me some type of a relief, some type of a comfort, some type of a release, you know, and, 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 and I need, I feel I need to keep doing it. If I let this thing go, then what do I have? But see, that's a lie from the devil. Okay. Now that I'm on the other side, I can tell you it is a lie from the devil. And it is a lie from your flesh, right? Your flesh wants to sin. Your flesh is always going to want to sin. But it depends on you. Are you submitted to God or are you submitted to your flesh? And your flesh is submitted to the world. Your flesh is in the world. It's connected to the world, which basically means you're submitted to the devil. So this message is coming, boom, right for you, the mature Christians. If you are a mature Christian, I was a mature Christian, but I had that sin in my life. I had that thing. And it seemed like it seemed like I couldn't shake it. Or maybe you're one of these mature Christians who believes they are mature Christians, but you're really not a mature Christian. And you find yourself in the, in the same place, too. And you are terrified just like I was terrified. And I should have been terrified. And you should be terrified. Right. You got to put that thing on the altar. You got to go to war. <laughs> You got to go to war with your flesh. You got to go to war with this thing. You got to cry out. You got to fast. You got to pray. Keep crying out. Keep crying out. Keep crying out. Keep crying out. Right? When I went to the prison, I told the men in the prison, I was like, hey, this was my sin. This is what I struggled with. I struggled with it for 30 years. But you know what? I kept crying out. I kept crying out. I kept crying out. I was sinning. I, 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 before I did it, I was crying out. As I was doing it, I was crying out. When I came out of it, I was crying out. God, please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? But even still, I knew if I died, I was going to go to hell, right? And that's why I kept crying out. But see, there is power in the crying out. The Bible says, all they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, if you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot continue to sin, Right? And I would, I would just keep reminding myself of those scriptures, but especially the one that said, if I have the Holy Spirit, I cannot continue to sin because I was hopeless. You understand that? For the people that are, that are listening right now, and this is you, I understand your struggle. You might feel hopeless because you may have been doing it like I was doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, maybe even longer. But if you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Bible says you cannot continue to sin. You cannot continue to sin. Amen. He will help you. 
like he helped me. You're going to have work to do. It ain't just going to be like a bling. It's just gone. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that. I've seen that where he's used me to pray for people and boom, an addiction was just gone. It was gone. So, you know, in all honesty, sometimes he might do that. Many other times he's not going to do that. Right. I struggled for decades, but the Lord was faithful and he helped me to heal. He told me the mental work that I needed to do, the emotional work that I needed to do. I had homework. I had work to do. And if you're hearing this message, you have work to do. The Holy Spirit is faithful. He has been helping you. He has given unto you. He has extended unto you grace and mercy and loving kindness and his faithfulness. But understand, you must do your work. Jesus is coming soon. And if this thing is found in you, you will be left behind. Do not get left behind. Cry out to God. Don't be thinking. I'm good with God. I'm good. We good, right, Jesus? We good, right? That's that's not the question to be asking yourself, right? Like, I, I'm good. I'm good. Go on to 1 John. Examine yourself like the Bible says. And again, come on now. You know what sin is in your life. You know what sin you have in your life. And it's time to stop acting. It's time to stop acting like you don't have sin in your life because you're scared. And you don't really want to acknowledge it because you don't even know how you're going to stop doing it. You don't even know really how you're going to stop doing it because you really don't want to let it go yet. Because it has provided you some form of comfort. But if you're honest with yourself, you can look at the path of destruction that is caused all those years while you held on to that satanic thing. And that satanic thing is a counterfeit. And it's a counterfeit for what? Remember I said earlier, I didn't want to let it go. It's like, whoa, what happens if I let this go? Because I do have some form of comfort, but that form of comfort was a lie, right? It, it was a chemical high that, that was produced by, you know, by, by my own body's biological chemicals, right? It was a lie. I felt horrible every time I did it. I might feel good for a little bit, but then afterwards, I just felt so nasty and dirty and filthy. It's like, oh, my God, like I need a bath and a shower on the inside. But see, when I got free, when I repented, when I got free from that bondage, like people always say, Mike, man, why are you always smiling? Man, your smile is so infectious. You so happy. See, yeah, it is. Why? That's what's on the other side. <laughs> that is what. That sin is keeping from you. It is the joy of the Lord. The Bible says happy is the man whose sins are forgiving every single day, my brother, every single day, my sister, you are walking around with guilt and shame and condemnation and self-hatred or self-loathing and self-criticism every single day. Man, that weight is a heavy weight to bear much heavier than people pointing the finger at you, much heavier than their criticism, condemnation is your own. But guess what? When you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of your unrighteousness if you got to come to him five times that day. 
Now, grace is not a license to sin. I'm not encouraging you to sin. But as someone that was in an addiction for 30 years, I can tell you sometimes it might have been three times, four times, five times a day. And I was struggling and I was crying out each time. But the Bible says if you confess your sin unto God, right? He is faithful to forgive you and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Keep going to the altar. Keep crying out before him. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep struggling. Keep striving, right? Preach to yourself. Do everything that you can do. If you knew that you was being dragged off of a cliff, you would be doing everything you could to get that rope and saw it off. You'd be clawing the ground and fighting and kicking and screaming. That is what it is. Right. The Bible talks about how the sin, it starts off small, but then when it's full grown, it leads to death. It's 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 dragging you. And it says that it's it's your own lust. It's your own sin that's dragging you away. That is that is enticing you. It is your own sin. Oh, woe unto me. Who will deliver me from this body that is taking me to death? The scripture says. It's Jesus. I want to encourage you. There is freedom on the other side of that addiction. There is joy on the other side of that addiction. Oh, again, again, there is happiness. Happy is the man whose sin is forgiven. Happy is the woman whose sin is forgiven. Now, some of y'all have never met me. You've only seen the picture, you know, on, on my podcast. And I look like a happy fellow. Let me tell you something. I am a very happy fellow. For those people that do know me, y'all know that brother is always lit. That brother be smiling. He's smiling. He's like glowing coming down the street. Why? Because thank you, Jesus. I am free from that sin. I don't have to carry that shame no more. And I am happy that God forgave me. You understand that? I am happy that God forgave me. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I don't have to carry that around. I'm so happy that every single day I am not walking in sheer abject fear and terror thinking that Jesus will come today and I will get left behind. And if I got left behind, that means I probably would go to hell. If I couldn't walk up rightly before God when the Holy Ghost was on this planet, what make me think I'm going to walk up rightly after the Holy Ghost leaves this planet? Come on, we got to be real. We've got to be real. So this is why I'm so happy. This is why I'm so full of joy. This is why I'm always smiling. Why? And this is why they say my, my, my smile is infectious. Oh man, your happiness is contagious. Yeah, yours can be too. On the other side of that sin, on the other side of that idolatry. See, the world says it's, it's addiction. And this is why you can't get free sometimes. Why? See, I got that. I was sitting on my steps. Now I got to get up and walk around the house. Come on. Right. You have to call a thing a thing. You want to confess your sin? The sin is not addiction. The sin is idolatry. The sin is idolatry. You've allowed that thing. I allowed that thing to take the place of my first love. Well, I mean, it was there before I ever met my first love. 
right? It was idolatry in my heart. Jesus is telling me, put it away. I keep picking it up. He says, put it away and repent. I keep picking it up. Anything, anything to where you bow down to that thing and you're not bowing down to the Lord, that is an idol. Whether it is a person, whether it is money, whether it is sex or pornography or drugs or alcohol or whatever, anything that you place above Jesus and you may say, well, I'm not placing anything above Jesus. Hey, if the word of God says to not do this and you keep doing that thing, that is an idol. That is an idol and it must be dealt with. So you fast and you pray about the idolatry, not the addiction. And here's here's as a quick aside and then we're going to close, okay? We're at 32 minutes and 54 seconds, all right? We're going over a little bit. But this message is so important because you must be free, brothers. You must be free, sisters. Listen, the scripture says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Immature Christians don't understand this. They are Christians, but they're not mature yet. They don't understand this. And so they use their mouths even when they're being positive. And what and the words that they are saying are actually keeping them in bondage. Here's a perfect example. If you have somebody that was a drug addict or an alcoholic, right? You, you know, Al-Anon or, or whatever it's called, AA, right? You know, they've got the 12-step program. I've been through those programs, right? <laughs> For sex abuse. Come on, right? I've been through those programs because I, in a sense, was I was addicted. I didn't know in a sense I was addicted, right? But you know what I noticed? Everyone that had been quote unquote healed, they've been sober for many years. But what did they do? They kept calling themselves, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic, right? I'm a drug addict. Wait, and I'm like, what? I thought you just said you were sober for like 10 years. I've been, I haven't touched it for 10 years, but I'm still an alcoholic. I'm still a drug addict. But see, they didn't understand what they was doing. See, they're, they're following the 12 steps. That's the only thing that they know. They know, they know that they followed the steps that the program put out. They did the hard work and they got free. And according to that mindset, they are supposed, they, they're supposed to keep telling themselves that they're an alcoholic and that they're a drug addict or that they're a sex addict. But I am here to tell you that is damaging. Every time, yes, 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 you are walking. You're walking in freedom. You're walking, you're walking. You haven't done drugs. You haven't taken a sip of alcohol in maybe five years, but guess what? you're still tethered to that thing, right? And there's always fear that, oh, you just might slip up. You just might slip up. Oh, you know, I've been hurt really hard to, I, I, you know, I'm trying not to think about a drink. I'm, I'm trying not to think about going out and having sex. I'm trying not to think about look, looking at porn. I'm trying not to think about, you know, going out and getting high today. I, I, you know, I, I've been sober for a long time. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me call my sponsor. 
right? He or she will help me. Now, see, that's that's a scriptural thing right there, right? Confess your sins to one another that ye may be healed, right? That That's scriptural. That's why that helps, right? So you have to understand these programs were based on biblical principles, right? And, and the biblical principles is what sets you free. That's what's working. But, but what is working against you is the non-biblical principles, right? Right? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You keep running your mouth and telling yourself you're an addict. You keep saying that you're, a, you're, you're an alcoholic. And you keep saying that you're an addict, even though you haven't used. Guess what, my friend, my brother, my sister, don't you see you've been bamboozled again? That, that is not from Jesus. <laughs> right? That's not from Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that when Jesus healed somebody's, when Jesus healed the blind man's eyes, you think that blind man would have walked around and been like, I'm still blind. I'm blind. Jesus would have been like, what are you talking about? I healed you. You couldn't see anybody. I, I prayed over your eyes. Then you said, it looks like I see people and they look like trees. I prayed over your eyes again. You could see clearly. Now you coming back to me next week and you, you talking about you blind? You, you can't see? but you really can see, but you're calling yourself blind. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? It, it, come on now. It's ridiculous. It's a trap. Jesus set you free. Listen to me. Listen to me, right? The, the biblical principles in those programs and your hard work set you free. You were shackled. I want you to get this image. You had shackles on you like a slave and they were closed. You went into those programs. The biblical principles and your hard work set you free. Kachink, the chains came off. They unlocked, but they did. You, you know, they unlocked, but you actually have to take, you have to Take it off your arms, your wrists. You have to take it off your ankles. It just don't fall off, right? Maybe some were that big, but think about it. If it was that big, people could slip their, the slaves could slip their feet out. They could slip their wrists out. So these things, even though they unlocked, they're still hanging there and you have to take it off of you. But every single time, I don't care what AA says. I don't care what Al-Anon says. The word of God is not going to tell you to keep confessing that you are a slave. That is what you're saying. The Bible says, right, right, the one that you obey, that's, that's your master. You keep saying you're a slave. You keep saying you're an addict. When the truth of the matter is you are free. You keep saying you're an alcoholic and you haven't touched a drink in four years. Don't you understand? It's a trick from the enemy. The other stuff worked because it came from the Bible. That's why it worked. But that part there where you keep confessing over yourself over and over and over again that you are an addict or an alcoholic, that is satanic. 
Death and life is contained in the power of the tongue. You are speaking that thing into existence. So you're creating it. It's The chains have been unlocked, but you keep dragging it around. You won't take your arms out. You won't take your ankles out. So you keep dragging this thing around. You are free. Okay? Please understand this. I, 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 I can't even be even more emphatic. You're dragging something around. And guess what? A little bit of leaving, leaving it the whole lump. <laughs> Don't play with that thing. That thing is not playing with you. It's hanging out there. It's biding its time. It's waiting for the right time, right? Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. And then he left. He wanted, he came, he, he came back at a more opportune time. That's what the demons always do. Oh, you up and strong right now? Guess what? I know down, I'm going down the line there. You ain't going to be as strong. I'm going to get you. Why? Because you're free, but you're still hanging on to me. You're still hanging on to me. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, let it go. Let it go. Okay? A little bit of leaving, leaveneth the whole lump. Don't excuse your sin. Call it what it is. It's not an addiction. It's idolatry. You can't get free if you don't repent. You keep going to God for addiction, addiction, addiction. But you're not saying what the sin is. You need to repent from idolatry. Whatever form it's manifesting in, you need to repent from that Sin and sin is sin. This is why you don't point the finger. You're a homosexual or you're a drug. You're just, hey, it is a sin. It is an unrepentant sin. One sin is no worse or no better than another sin. It is sin. Repent from the idolatry. Be free in the name of Jesus. And what is awaiting you on the other side is freedom. You don't have to carry that pressure around with you anymore. You can be so happy and so free and so joyful, full of joy. That is what is awaiting you. Happy is the man whose sin is forgiven. Happy is the woman whose sin is forgiven. Okay. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and close, right? Remember, submit yourself unto God. Then... Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Idolatry will flee from you. Alcoholism will flee from you, right? Drug addiction will flee from you. Sexual immorality and pornography, perversion and idolatry, it will all flee from you because you submitted yourself unto God. You came clean. You confessed your sin about, about idolatry. You called on the name of the Lord and he said you would be saved and these things will flee from you. All right. I love you with the love of the Lord. Until next time, aloha, be blessed.